So Money is brought to you by CNET, the site that shows how to navigate change all around us. So Money episode 1442, financial advice for stepmoms, dads, and blended families with Cameron Normand, founder and CEO of This Custom Life. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I do recommend keeping your money separate. I really do. It doesn't mean you can't contribute to the stepkids if you want to. It doesn't mean you can't help cover all those expenses. It's just protecting your assets so that you both can benefit from them later down the road. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. The 21st century family is oftentimes a blended family. The dynamics of managing your money, how to save, how to invest, how to afford common and separate goals can be more challenging for families that are coming together at a different later stage in life. Our guest, Cameron Norman, brings financial advice on how to manage your money and your life together as a blended family. She is a certified step family coach, the creator of the Blended Family Formula for Stepmom Success and host of the Stepmom Diaries podcast. Cameron is married to a recently retired Army veteran and has four stepchildren. And she takes us behind the scenes of how she and her partner initially came together, the questions they answered, and some financial steps she might have taken differently. Here's Cameron Norman. Cameron Norman, welcome to So Money. Thank you. So excited to be here. I'm really doing my audience a service here. So many of my audience members have reached out over the years to say, hey, could you do a show that focuses on the finances for blended families or you know, step parents? And what better expert than Cameron Norman? I, I Maybe this is good that I waited because I, have feel, I feel like I have the ultimate expert on this. Cameron Norman, you're the host of the Stepmom Diaries podcast, co-founder of the Stepmom Summit, founder and CEO of This Custom Life, where you give stepmoms the tools and advice to help them embrace their blended family lives. You're a certified coach. I want to know how you became so acutely focused on supporting stepmoms and blended families. What's your story? I became a stepmom about six and a half years ago, a stepmom to four, one with special needs. And I got into it, I think like a lot of stepmoms get into it, where, you know, I met the man of my dreams at age 40. I had built this, you know, successful career and lots of friends and all this kind of stuff. Thought I may not get married. I wasn't totally sure. And he came with four kids and I grew up in a blended family and figured, you know, kids have always liked me. How hard could this be? But being type A, I was like, you know, got my interwebs up and started Googling and was like, okay, teach me how to do this. Where's the book? I need the handbook. And I realized there was nothing out there. Hmm. And then as I got into it and, you know, I was knee deep in it and realized that things were slightly more complicated and difficult than I thought they were going to be. I really started looking for resources and couldn't find anything. And so I did a ton of research, started, you know, trying to figure out what was working for our family and realized that there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of stepmoms out there who are struggling with the same stuff I struggled with. And so I built this business to help them. And what are what are those things, Cameron? Like what were what were you trying to really solve for in those early years? 
you know, I think one of the biggest things is stepmoms often feel like they're on the outside looking in of their own family. And if you think about it, you know, your partner and the kids had a family unit and that family unit broke up or, you know, experienced loss of some, you know, whether divorce or death, that family unit experienced a loss. And so you're coming in and to you, it's a brand new family unit and it's awesome and you're excited about being there. But to them, they're still experiencing this loss. But then they also have all these shared experiences from years and years before you were around. And so it sort of sets up the perfect storm for you to maybe feel like you're not being accepted, but also to sort of, you know, feel a little left out when they're talking about family vacations they used to take or, you know, when you get to the holiday season, which we're about to be in, you know, and what kind of traditions you're going to do. And like, you may come in with all these traditions that you, that are really important to you, but they've been doing certain things for years that you weren't even aware of. And so it sets up this perfect storm for you to sort of feel a little left out of everything. And also a little like, I thought kids were nice. I thought they liked me. What happened here? You know? Well, it doesn't help that also I feel like our media culture paints the stepmom as the villain or, you know what I mean? There is that stereotype. Yes. Can you talk about that and how it how that works itself into the overall mom community, the mom groups. That's such a good question. And you know, I always say, I'm like, thanks, Disney. You did not do us any favors as stepmoms, right? Because you do kind of always think about this wicked stepmother image. And, you know, society really hasn't done stepmoms a favor. And I mean, I think a lot of us experience it, you know, even just dealing with coworkers, right? Like I remember after I became a stepmom, I was so excited to be a part of any discussion around kids because, you know, I was in my early 40s and all my friends have been having kids for a long time. And, you know, I was at some work meeting and a couple of the women were talking about, oh, it's so hard to get my kids up in the morning. I can't believe it. And I sort of interjected because I was so excited to have something to contribute to the conversation, you know? And I said, oh, I know, you know, one of my stepkids is so hard to get up in the morning too. And they looked at me and one of them said, well, but you only have them 50% of the time. So, I mean, you get a break. (gasps) Oh my. And that kind of reinforces like everything that, you know, stepmoms, it's like you're seen in this one way, like you're not a real mom, you're not a real parent. And that's reinforced in, you know, movies and TV shows, but also just sort of everyday interactions, because there is this misperception that Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not sort of real. And so stepmoms end up feeling, you know, like they have this sort of, you know, imposter syndrome. And I went through that too. You know, what am I doing here? I don't really count for anything. You know, you'd go to school meetings and everything's addressed to mom and dad. And it's sort of like, you're not part of the picture, even when you have 50% custody with your partner or sometimes a hundred percent custody and you're still sort of discounted. And, you know, it really, there is sort of this negative perception. And I think it's something that, you know, me and others in the space try and encounter because stepmoms by and large are not trying to replace mom. They're just trying to survive, first of all. <laughs> but they're also, I always tell them, and I've told my kids, like, as a step parent, you have the opportunity to develop a really unique relationship with the kids. And you can actually say to them, like, take the elephant out of the room, right? Say, you know, look, I'm not your mom. I don't want to be your mom. I'm not trying to replace her. You have a mom and I know you love her, but we, you and I have the opportunity to set up a really unique relationship and it can look like whatever we want. You know, I'm an adult. So obviously like have to be treated as an adult, right? Like you need the kids to respect you and, you know, treat them, treat you at least like they would a babysitter or a teacher, but it doesn't have to be the same relationship 
that they have with mom or dad. And were your stepkids receptive to this when you first brought on some of your own thoughts and theories and, you know, like, here's what I'm going to, here's how I'm going to communicate to my stepkids. How did it go? You know, I think pretty well for the most part. I mean, we have had, I have four of them and I have a different relationship with each child. And at this point in time, we have a couple of the kids that have complicated relationships with my husband. And so putting that aside, you know, I think when I have had conversations about, you know, hey, I'm not mom, I'm not dad, you know, we can talk about stuff. It's been received pretty well. Kids want to be heard. They, they want to feel safe and loved, but they also want to know that you're listening to them. So, I mean, one of the things we've done around discipline, which is a really hard thing for step parents to kind of get their head around because you come into this situation and you may have a more objective view about how things are going with the kids or the behaviors that need to be addressed. But the fact is you should not be doing discipline as a step parent. And that's a big mistake I made early on. And once I sort of figured out my way out of that, I had, I had conversations with the kids and my tack is my husband is the heavy, which is not a position that he necessarily wanted to be in. So we had to kind of hash that out ourselves, but he's the heavy. And then I come in, if there has to be, you know, a consequence meted out or punishment meted out to one of the kids, then I come in after the fact and I'll kind of go to their room and say, Hey, how was that conversation with your dad? How did that feel? You know, is there anything you want to talk about? I mean, I know that like you're frustrated about this, but you know where your dad's coming from. And then I would just kind of have a conversation. And so I'm coming in not as the heavy handed disciplinarian, but somebody that they can talk to. And that really helped with bonding and, you know, them seeing me not as like some wicked stepmother figure, but just, you know, this person who's trying to love them, you know? I assume that your advice, it checks with also moms that arrive in relationships where they're bringing their own kids. They're blending the family, the kids and, or dads, stepdads, I'm sure come into a scenario where, you know, their new partner has kids and they have probably the same hurdles to, to, to jump. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are definitely some unique challenges when both people are bringing kids in and you know, a lot of times it's, you know, these it's questions around, well, this is how I've had these rules with my kids and my partner has had these rules with their kids. Which rules should rule the household? And the answer is that you can have different approaches because, you know, you, those relationships with your kids pre-existed the current family structure. And there are ways that you can kind of blend that together, but also make sure that the kids feel like it's not some huge, you know, change and all the rules are changing for them. So Cameron, with the time that we have, I'd love to shift and be a little more laser focused um, and provide our audience with the money tips, the financial advice. Where do you see some of the problem areas that need to be addressed sooner than later? Oh, there are a lot. And it's it's something that isn't talked about enough. The number one thing that I tell stepmoms and stepfamilies about money is to the extent that you can have as many and as deep of conversations as you can have before you get into it, the better. And I'll tell you, like from my experience, Craig and I talked about all kinds of stuff before we got married. We talked about where we were going to live and school districts that, you know, to make sure that the kids didn't get uprooted too much going from house to house. We, I mean, we talked about all kinds of stuff. You know what we didn't talk about? Finances. <laughs> and so we got into it and there are all these questions about like, well, so, you know, who's paying for sports equipment or prom dresses? And am I expected to contribute to that as, as their stepmom and not a parent? What about college? Then taking that a step further into just sort of life, 
you know, what is your, you know, you set up most people, many people set up wills when they get married. How does that look with stepchildren? And if you're bringing kids into the picture, do they all receive the same thing? Like these are things that you really have to think through because it's not always a cut and dry question, right? I mean, you could have bad relationships with the stepkids and not want them to get anything. Or you could have great relationships and want them to get everything, but have other things is, that are important to you that, where you want your assets to go if something were to happen. So, I mean, they're just, there are a ton of really complicated questions. And I think going back to the, to the basics, you know, whether or not you're going to merge your money is a huge one. What do you recommend? My gut says don't merge a thing, especially if you're getting you know married later in life. Um, just don't. It's like why you know what? Just don't bother. Just keep everything. I'm assuming you know, you're coming into the relationship with your own assets. You have a career. Maybe you have a business. I would guess you get a prenup. It's interesting that you're asking about this because this is something else that I've changed my views on over time, and um, and I don't know that we would do it the same way again. So when we when Craig and I got married. We were very much of the opinion that like we're we're married and everything's going to get merged and we want to be a partnership and we're not going to sign a prenup and we're going to just put it all in the same pot and deal with it. And then after a fairly complicated discovery process dealing with a recalculation of child custody without getting into all the details, we ended up having to sort of say to ourselves because some of my assets got wrapped up into that. And I had to produce information on my assets. And then we kind of said, you know what? Maybe that wasn't the best decision. So we unwound everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that is a hassle. It's a real hassle. Um, So my recommendation now, after having done this for a few years, and after having talked to a lot of other step families, is to come in, whether you want to do a prenup or not. I mean, I think that's sort of a personal decision for every family. And I'm not going to tell somebody to do one or not. Uh, we didn't want to, but you can also, you can do things that aren't necessarily a prenup. You can do sort of a family, you know, an agreement just between you and it doesn't have to be a legal thing, but I do recommend keeping your money separate. I really do. And especially, you know, I think a lot of stepmoms do get married in their thirties, forties, and then you have the later in life step families, right? And to your point, why? You know, I mean, it just is cleaner. It doesn't mean you can't contribute to the stepkids if you want to. It doesn't mean you can't help cover all those expenses. Mm -hmm. It's just protecting your assets so that you both can benefit from them later down the road. I agree. And and in terms of you mentioned, you know, the will and the estate planning, that that's sticky. That's sticky stuff. It's real sticky. (laughs) You and I, you and I met in New York at Pitch Please, and uh, you know, we're getting to learn about everybody's expertise and there was another uh, attendee there who pulled me aside and she's like, you know what? I have a stepmom and my father just passed away and she's being a real, you know what? And she only married him for the money and now it's coming to, to surface and she's fighting us tooth and nail, even though you know he didn't put her in the will as much as she's claiming, blah, 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 but she's really fighting us. And so these are real life uh, troubles. They and really are. And I know so many people that have been in that situation too. It- not all step parents are great. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it is what it is. And just like, I, I, but I, I so admire what you're doing, putting everything um, in perspective and being an advocate for step mother, mothers and step parents where they really don't feel like they have a community, advocacy, resources. Um, but what do you say to, let's say, the stepchild? right? Who is not feeling Mm -hmm. a stepmom. 
and is concerned about the set parents, their motives. Yeah, I mean, and this is an issue, particularly with later in life remarriages, where it's adult children and, you know, mom and dad have been divorced for a long time and they each get remarried or one of the parents passes away and they get remarried or whatever. I mean, I think that the first thing is, and I always kind of go back to the communication point and as open, as transparent as you can keep communication, I think that's better for everybody. So, you know, I would say to the, to the stepchild, talk to your parents, talk to your parents. And if they don't understand your concerns, keep talking to them. They're not necessarily going to want to see something that you may pick up with stepmom or stepdad. You know, they may not want to ascribe those kind of motives to their new loving spouse, right? So put it in terms of, hey, I know stepmom is wonderful, but I also know that you want to make sure that, you know, I'm not hurt or that I'm not left out. Let's have a conversation about how to make that happen and what that looks Mm -hmm. like. You know, I always think as much communication as you can have and with both people assuming positive intent from the other, right? You know, assuming that, mom or dad or whoever wants the best for you and them assuming that you're coming to them in good faith, you know? So much of divorce and and sticking with like divorced families um, where there may have been a settlement where the stepmom is walking into this, right? Walking into a scenario where there is child support, there is uh, spousal support, there is all sorts of support. And and so huh, what um, should a step parent be asking about? You know, and because sometimes you might feel like it's not my business to know what's happening between my partner and his ex, but I think it is your business. A hundred percent it's your business. <laughs> right? Like how are you how are the two of you managing money? Because that affects our unit over here as well. Absolutely. I mean look, I think that it's that piece of it is not dissimilar from what you would do if you were entering into a first family. You would each sit down and talk about your financial pictures, right? You would talk about your assets, talk about your debts. You would want to know if you were marrying someone with or without kids, you want to know if they have $150,000 of student loan debt coming into this, right? So of course you should know if they owe $2,000 a month to their ex in alimony and another thousand for child support or whatever that looks like, right? Like that's a significant amount of money every year. And you are partnering up with this person for the rest of your life. So you should know what you're getting into. And likewise, they should know what they're getting with you. And and that's, I mean, you know, if that's not the spirit of entering into a marriage, you know, is being able to be open and all that stuff, you know, I don't, I don't know what is, but I think it is really important to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, really important. We've touched on the importance of having conversations ahead of your partnership where you talk about, you know, what are the arrangements with your ex and what are our assets and are we going to blend our accounts? The consensus is still maybe not (laughs) just to make it simpler. And then obviously estate planning. I think having an expert guide you through all of this is so important. A financial planner, an estate attorney. Did you use these resources or do you recommend... Uh, blended families lean on these experts because this feels very higher level. Yes. You know, like um, you're not going to be able to Google the answers to these questions. Yes. Can I answer like yes in all caps? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. I mean, I, I have had a longtime financial advisor and as soon as Craig and I got engaged, I went to her and I said, look, I'm marrying this guy. We are in love. I'm so happy. What do we need to know? <laughs> 
and, and, and of course, how do we stay that way? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I brought him with me and, and she was, she was hysterical actually. And, and this is part of why I love my financial advisor in front of Craig. She said, well, I wouldn't be doing my job, Cameron, if I didn't recommend you get a prenup. <laughs> and I looked at her and I said, I appreciate the recommendation. We're not going to do that. So moving on. And, oh. and, and then, you know, we, we talked about what the future would look like and we did the same thing. We got an estate attorney and when we got back from the honeymoon, we drew up our wills and, and did all of that. Yeah. I think you absolutely need to talk to professionals about this. I mean, this is, some of this stuff is really difficult to figure out. And some of this stuff is, there's a lot that comes up that you can't anticipate, right? There, I mean, life in general, but especially with blended families, you know, we didn't start thinking about college until, you know, we had kids at that age. That's something I wish we had talked about, you know, much earlier. So I think not only is it important to get that professional advice, but to the extent that you can find professionals that understand step families, or at least understand that it's a different dynamic. I think that is really important as well. I think what I'm hearing from you, Cameron, is just like you have to be really aware of your financial boundaries and knowing what are the carve outs. So speaking more about like couples coming together where each is coming with assets and savings and investment accounts, where one partner may have children, the other partner doesn't, but maybe they want to have children together at some point. There are certain financial responsibilities that may best fall only on like one parent's plate because you know, for example, the parent with the kids, I feel like the parent with the kids should pay for the kids' college with their ex. Right, right. (laughs) And if you got a settlement, let's say from a previous divorce and you're arriving into a new marriage, that settlement should be all yours, right? But in the eyes of a state in terms of marriage and divorce, whatever you go into the marriage with, you know, assets, whatever is also built in the marriage in terms of assets in certain states, if you get divorced, it's just, they draw a line right down the middle. Mm -hmm. So if there are things that you want to protect in the event of a, I mean, again, this is why prenup is so, so important, but knowing what your carve outs should be. And I mean, I can't help but think this is a little uncomfortable to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, money's never easy, but I think particularly when kids are involved, I mean, I think there's sort of a natural inclination. Like if you go into a conversation and your partner has kids and you say, well, you know, I've got some concerns and I don't know how much of my money should go to paying for college. They're like immediately going to be a little bit, you know, on their heel, like, well, what do you mean? Don't you love my kids? And you you know what I mean? And, or, you know, they may approach it more practically, but you have to figure out what's comfortable for you. Right. And I know like for me, I definitely wanted to contribute to the kids. I I also was going to draw the line about how much of my paycheck was going to go towards things that it didn't feel appropriate for that to go towards. But you have to Mm -hmm. sort of figure out where that line is. And that's why the blended family finance stuff is so complicated because it's really different for everybody. You know what I mean? People have different comfort levels with all of this stuff. So here's a very specific scenario, okay? Given that you just said everyone's situation, you know. (laughs) My heart goes out to all the female breadwinners out there. I have a special place in my heart for female breadwinners. Let's say you're, you know, a woman who is going to get married. You make more than your partner. Your new partner, however, has like children and he's paying alimony maybe or, you know, whatever he's responsible for. And, but you make more and maybe you make a lot more. And then maybe there is um, a conversation down the road where like your partner decides to become a stay-at-home parent. 
how does that work? And what is now the risk of that? Is that even practical? Can we even, can that even happen? I think it depends on the two people in that circumstance. You know, how much is she willing to take on? And, you know, if he's going to stay at home, is it something where, you know, they have a hundred percent custody because something's gone wrong with mom or, you know, something like that. And that's why he's staying home. Maybe that does make sense. You know, it really, I mean, she's just got to be comfortable with what she's going to do. Right. There's not really a hard and fast rule. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say don't ever do it. I think it's sticky. It's sticky. You know, I mean, that's hard. Resentment. Absolutely. That's what I'm thinking about. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that can cause, and that's, that's kind of where, you know, some of these, and I, I always, with all these sticky issues, kind of go back to communication because that's where like, you really, that's something that you can talk about before you get into it. Right. Like, and it's not just talking about your assets and your debts. It's like, what are your dreams? What what do you hope for retirement? In an ideal world, what would your work situation look like? Well, what would we do if that happened? And it's not that you're going to game out every situation, but by having those conversations really early, you're going to sort of understand each other's thresholds and boundaries and, mm-hmm. and kind of sniff out where conflict could come up. It may be that that he makes that decision three years in but you've had a conversation about it early on and you knew this was something that he desperately wanted to do and you're willing to support him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it really is kind of having some of those tough conversations, but they are, they're really awkward and hard. And, you know, I think so many women that are breadwinner winners, there are all kinds of dynamics there that are difficult too. And a lot of times, you know, the, the person that you're marrying with kids many times will come in loaded up with debt because of getting out of the marriage, you know, if they had been married to someone who wasn't financially responsible or whatever it is, you know, and then you've got to figure out how you're going to handle that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you say, every circumstance is nuanced, but what I'm learning is like at the foundation, you really need to, as a stepmom, get rid of that imposter syndrome, which is so easy to play into and not be afraid to have conversations before, during, after, like just... Uh, front load the questions as much as possible, of course, yes. you know, about the money and the arrangements and your curiosity should not be squashed. And if it is, I would say that's a red flag. A hundred percent. You have to be willing to advocate for yourself, you know, because at the end of the day, if even if you're keeping all your assets separate and you're making a boatload more money, yes, it's your assets. But at the end of the day, that's better for to protecting those assets are better for it's better for both of you. Because mm-hmm. then when you go to retire, you have all of that. For you guys, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. at the end of the day, even though it may feel selfish or your partner may feel resentful, it's really for the benefit of you both to keep yeah. that protected. And invest in a good financial advisor, attorney. I know there are now a growing number of divorce financial analysts who specialize in you know helping men and women who are you know, post-divorce and then maybe getting into a new relationship and just helping them, you know, move the chess pieces around. And then just, it sounds like, you know, at the end of the day, the gift of all of this is that relationship you were hoping to have with your stepchildren from day one. That I feel like once the money and stuff gets squared away, everyone can relax a little bit more and you can focus on what's really important, which is your relationship with your partner and your new children. I think that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I think I'll throw in one piece on top of that, just a, something that I always um, reinforce with step parents is to not talk about any of this stuff in front of the kids. 
because yeah. it just makes them feel bad. <laughs> this is, yeah. these are really adult conversations, right? They, mm-hmm. the kids just don't need to be exposed to any of it. Well, Cameron, I want to send folks over to you. What's the best, uh, what's the best URL? Where can we find you? Yeah. So my website is thiscustomlife.com. I have drawn up a little, uh, free, uh, checklist of, um, the top 10 money conversations to have with your spouse in a blended family. And if you'd like that, then that's at stepfamilymoney.com. 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 We'll put that link in our notes. Um, I'm on Instagram at this underscore custom underscore life. I love hanging out with you on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> Cameron Norman, thank you so much. We'll be sure to have all your links available. Thanks for that 10 questions. I think good for everybody, you know? They are. They really are. Family, but might might spur some might be might be good fodder for other kinds of conversations to have in your in your financial life with your partner. Thank you again. Thank you. This was great. Thanks again to Cameron for joining us. For her top 10 conversations every stepmom needs to have about money, go to stepfamilymoney.com. I'll see you back here on Friday for a fresh episode of Ask Farnoosh. Until then, I hope your day is so money. Money.